this week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we are rolling right along in our adventures in Acts with Sons of Sceva, Demetrius' beef with Paul, riot in Ephesus, an appeal for order, Paul in Macedonia and Greece. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. This is the day which the Lord has made. From the rising of the sun to its setting. The name of the Lord is to be praised. One day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Sanctify us in your truth. Your word is true. From the rising of the sun to its setting. The name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father.
A reading from Ezekiel chapter 20. In the seventh year, in the fifth month, on the tenth day of the month, certain of the elders of Israel came to inquire of the Lord and sat before me. And the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, speak to the elders of Israel and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Is it to inquire of me that you come? As I live, declares the Lord God, I will not be inquired of by you. Will you judge them, son of man? Will you judge them? Let them know the abominations of their fathers, and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, On the day when I chose Israel, I swore to the offspring of the house of Jacob, making myself known to them in the land of Egypt. I swore to them, saying, I am the Lord your God. On that day I swore to them that I would bring them out of the land of Egypt into a land that I had searched out for them, a land flowing with milk and honey, the most glorious of all lands. And I said to them, Cast away the detestable things your eyes feast on, every one of you, and do not defile yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. But they rebelled against me and were not willing to listen to me. None of them cast away the detestable things their eyes feasted on, nor did they forsake the idols of Egypt. Then I said, I would pour out my wrath upon them and spend my anger against them in the midst of the land of Egypt. But I acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations among whom they lived, in whose sight I made myself known to them in bringing them out of the land of Egypt. So I led them out of the land of Egypt and brought them into the wilderness. I gave them my statutes and made known to them my rules by which, if a person does them, he shall live. Moreover, I gave them my Sabbaths as a sign between me and them, that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. But the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They did not walk in my statutes, but rejected my rules, by which if a person does them, he shall live. And my Sabbaths they greatly profaned. Then I said, I would pour out my wrath upon them in the wilderness to make a full end of them. But I acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations in whose sight I had brought them out. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. 
Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not on page 321. What is the first commandment? You shall have no other gods. What does this mean? That we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. What is the second commandment? You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. What does this mean? We should fear God so that we do not curse, swear, music, and hearts, by and see by his name. But all life and every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. What is the third commandment? Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear God. Spirit.
first three commandments, the first tablet of the law. If you teach catechism class or preach catechism sermons, questions are bound to arise. The first question you'll get from your future parishioners or your fellow parishioners is, Exodus verses three to five say, you shall have no other gods before me, but it goes on, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. So why is the commandment about images not in the catechism? Answer, the small catechism's form of the Ten Commandments is a summary of Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, not a quotation. We continue the numbering we received from the ancient church with the second commandment as you shall not misuse the name of the Lord. And at the end, the two coveting commandments numbered as nine and 10. Our catechism is a good summary. We don't wanna give the impression that art in worship spaces is somehow wrong. Art in worship space has always been allowed. God himself commanded that there be images of bulls, pomegranate, palm trees, and angels in the tabernacle and temple. Even in the Holy of Holies, three-dimensional images of angels were on top of the Ark of the Covenant. And in the New Testament, God has become man. The man Jesus is the true God, the creator of heaven and earth, and he could be seen, and he can be depicted. And so the Lutheran Church embraces sacred art. We should adorn our worship spaces with 3D and 2D art that reverently depicts the message and stories of the Bible, so that not only with our ears, but also with our eyes, we can be reminded and learn of God, his work, and his word. You see, these verses, four and five, prohibit images for worshiping, not images for instructing and reminding. Verses four to five then say nothing different than what the first commandment says, you shall have no other God. Ezekiel 20 makes this clear. Cast away the detestable things your eyes feast on every one of you, and do not defile yourselves with the idols of Egypt. The problem was not having and appreciating art, but worshiping the art as idols, feasting the eyes on the art. Now, how does that work? Idolatry is highly visible. You look at what you love, or you watch carefully that which you fear. But you turn away from what you despise or you find disgusting. But these Egyptian idols are beautiful. Gold, silver, painted wood or pottery, the best artistry that one's money could buy. They look good, but God calls them detestable. These beautiful idols, looking at them really is like looking down a latrine in an outhouse. 
The most obvious modern parallel to the Old Testament idolatry, perhaps you can consider this, is the modern phenomenon of pornography, which is put even into shows and movies that some Christians think are harmless. It might look good, but it is actually detestable, like the bottom of a latrine. So cast away the detestable things. God does not forbid art or sacred art. He forbids the worship of anything but himself. Another question from your future parishioners will certainly be this. Exodus 20 verse 5 says of images, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. Yet many Lutherans bow down to the crucifix specifically and not to the gospel book or to the ministers. Why is that? Answer, Lutherans, if they truly are Lutheran Christians, do not intend to serve images. Their love of Christ and of his sacrifice on the cross leads them to honor the symbol of our redemption. It is a pious gesture. What Exodus 20 verse 5 forbids is a bowing down, which is worship. And that's not what Lutheran Christians intend to do. But I do think a word of caution is in order here. When people see people bowing down just to the crucifix and not to anything else in a procession, it looks to them like bowing down before images. And I would argue that most people in the world, if they are not Lutheran Christians, when they bow down before images, they are actually expecting some special grace or favor from God or from the gods by means of the image. That is, they actually direct their fear, love, and trust toward the image as a means of grace. Is that not idolatry? That's not what we intend. But because your actions can look to others like worship of one specific image, I would encourage you to be mindful of what your ceremonies confess. Bowing down can be good. As the Psalms say, I will bow down toward your holy temple. But bowing down to one image specifically, does that not run against the words of Exodus 20 verse 5? Could it not lead others to misunderstand our confession of faith? Would it not be better to bow in honor before the book of the Gospels, together with the cross, and the preachers of the gospel and of the cross. In my opinion, that would be bowing towards the holy temple. Next, your future parishioners will ask, the third commandment says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, but the Sabbath day is Saturday, so why do we have worship services on Sunday? Answer. Sabbath comes from seventh, but it also means rest. The Sabbath day literally is the day of rest. Now, due to calendar reforms at various times in history, no one can be certain that what we currently call Saturday is the very day on which God rested after creating.
As recently as 1582, most of Europe adopted the Gregorian calendar by skipping 10 days in October. So probably the current Saturday is not the seventh day of the original week. It is a human convention. God's purpose in commanding the Sabbath was not that we should treat Saturday or another day as the only legitimate day of worship, nor that the Sabbath would become some kind of good work that we would do, ironically, by not working. Rather, the Sabbath was given mainly for two purposes. First, for physical rest, and second, for the preaching of God's word, prayer, confessing sins, receiving forgiveness, praising God, and everything else that happens in worship. Ezekiel 20, again, makes this clear. Moreover, I also gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between them and me, that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. That is exactly the New Testament understanding of the Sabbath and Sunday. The Lord has commanded the Sabbath, not because one day is better than another, and not so that we would make ourselves holy by not working, ironically, but that by observing the day of worship, we would learn, know, and believe that God is the one who is at work to make us holy. And Luther's hymn says this perfectly, and put aside the work you do so that God may work in you. In celebration of Christ's resurrection, finally, the Christian church has normally worshiped on Sundays ever since the time of the apostles. It is a good custom which we should maintain. Another question you'll certainly get from your kids or from your parishioners would be, so do I have to go to church every Sunday? Answer, have to? You may as well ask, do I have to drink fluids every day? Do I have to eat food every day? Do I have to sleep every night? Do I have to breathe every minute? Do I have to go to church on Sunday, every Sunday? Well, with my children, I just say, yes, you do. <laughs> but it's better to say it Luther's way. We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. If somebody's attitude is to ask about the minimum amount of worship attendance required, he's thinking about this all wrong. Worship is your life. It is a feast. It is treasure. A believing heart wants the gifts that God gives in worship. Dearly beloved, the Ten Commandments express the eternal moral law, which corresponds perfectly with who God is. By them, we realize how far from God's holiness we are. If our salvation depended on our obedience, not one of us could be saved. But God calls you to repent of your detestable idols, he gave his Sabbaths, his days of worship, as a sign that he is the one who sanctifies you. And so the law shows us our sin, and it points us 
to our Savior Christ the Lord, whose merit, obedience, and sacrifice is our only consolation and confidence. And then it points us to our new life in him. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon, with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
for the Holy Christian Church here and scattered throughout the world and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather, and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Callan Paul, newborn son of Joshua and Rachel Gherkin, that God would keep him safe as he awaits the new birth in the waters of holy baptism, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those who were injured and made homeless by the earthquake in Morocco and the floods in Libya, and for the rescue workers who bring aid and comfort, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O God, from whom all good proceeds, grant to us, your humble servants, your holy inspiration, that we may set our minds on the things that are right, and, by your merciful guiding, accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and take them to heart, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, Bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Amen.